Welcome, everybody, on this rainy, rainy. Dallas yeah. afternoon. It is raining so hard. Yeah, there's there are floods around us. Yeah, yeah, and you're going to hear thunder and stuff, and that's just because, you know, the goddesses are angry. Yes, um, yes they are. I'm Christy. I'm Michael. We're Terror and Tacos, and we're here to talk about horror movies, but let's talk about our tacos we had uh, homemade tacos that yeah, were delicious that you made. Kind of homemade. You got to talk about this tortilla. Yeah, I do. Though. I do. It's you know I was out and about and the weather is so terrible. I did not want to go super far to get tacos and so I just stopped by my friendly neighborhood Whole Foods mm-hmm. or Whole Paycheck mm-hmm. as we refer to it here in Texas, um, and I found I found this stuff. It's called Frontera, Chicken Verde Taco Skillet (laughs) in the frozen section. And it is made by, uh, who's that dude? Oh, that chef, Rick Bayless. Oh, all right. You know who? Yeah, yeah, he's he's a very fancy person. He's a very fancy Texas chef who um, loves Mexican food and, you know, has become kind of like the authority on Mexican food, which kind of really super bothers me. Yeah, it's very strange. But he's made himself the authority on um, Mexican food, and he has several fancy Mexican restaurants here in, in... in Dallas and around Texas, and but but it was good. It was it was just like chicken and tomatillo salsa, and you throw it in the skillet and heat it up, and it was delicious. But I I, I got that because I found these flour tortillas called for uh, their brand is Siete, which means seven, and it's cassava flour. So they're paleo, non-GMO, gluten-free, dairy-free, soy-free, vegan. Tortillas, and so I made them, and I I gave Mike his tacos, and I didn't. I just said, "Here are some flour tortillas," and didn't tell him (laughs) until he ate them and said they were good. And I said, "It's almond flour," Um, which is like the most Whole Foods thing. It is the most Whole Foods thing ever, (laughs) and they're made by, of course, a Mexican American family in Austin, Texas. It's actually like a cute story. The Garza family. One of the daughters had like autoimmune conditions and so they decided to all join her and help her on her like path to healthy eating and she created this cassava flour flour tortilla and grandma campos their grandma was like this is better than my flour tortillas so they were like we're on to something and they that's great and who did they take it to whole Foods. perfect you know what if you Mm -hmm. can make if you can sell some homemade type flour tortillas for as much money as they sell them for at Whole Foods. Dude, this is like a package of eight tortillas, and I paid eight dollars. Yeah, for that's it. crazy. I feel stupid, but I also we can get was eight like, tacos. We for can that. get eight tacos. For, <laughs> I was like, I got a taste with these eight dollar tortillas. Taste, but like. there are enough people willing to pay eight bucks. Good for the yeah. family to make some money. And if you have autoimmune conditions and and have had to give up flour tortillas. You can buy this is these. a good alternative. Yeah, siete, and they're at Whole Foods, and they're good. They are very delicious. All right. So, what are we talking about today? Well, we were gonna talk about. We were gonna go down a nostalgia train and just talk about '90s movies, but um, the last two weeks or last week yeah, has been man. a fucking nightmare. Shit show. We just we keep trying not to be political. We <laughs> keep trying not to get political on this show, but. We live in strange times, Michael. We do. Michael. Um, so you a know. guy who uh, really likes beer uh, is on you the mean Supreme. Justice Rapist? <laughs> yes, Justice Rapist. Justice Rapist. Um, 
just yeah, the 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 I don't know the the whole fucking sideshow and and everything. And the and way Doctor Ford was mocked by, by uh, the man who calls himself the, the president. president. Um, led us to a different path today, right. and so we we figured we would we would highlight each pick a movie that we think highlights um, kind of uh, ladies being badass and dealing with a ton of bullshit, which right. uh, seems this, to be what ladies have to do all the time. Yeah, this is like, and this is an idea that we had had before, but we were like, oh, we'll do it. <laughs> we'll, we'll do it. Feminist horror. We'll do it like later. And then it was just like, man, we just need to talk about this shit. Mm-hmm. So we're going to talk about two movies today. Um, that are oddly, we did not plan this. Mm-mm. We each picked one and they are Oddly interconnected. Yeah, um, they're both Canadian horror films. They both star the same uh, actress. We, we didn't even plan that. No, y'all. didn't even talk about it with each other. Um, so uh, let's start with Ginger Snaps. Yeah, mine is Ginger Snaps. Um, came out in two thousand. Stars Catherine Isabel uh-huh. as Ginger, as who Ginger. will make an appearance later in the in the podcast as well. Right. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. If you haven't seen Ginger Snaps, it is arguably um, my favorite werewolf movie it is that's big y'all because mike loves werewolf i do i think i've probably brought it up before but Mm -hmm. just to 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 say it again um i i was in when i was in grad school i was in a program that kind of let us do whatever and uh one of my major papers argued that you can trace a uh, major cultural fears through werewolf movies from era to era and um when i got to Ginger Snaps, which, like I said, came out in 2000. Um, it is... I, I absolutely love it, and I think it highlights, especially at that time, when you have a younger generation of women um, becoming adults, you know, uh, the fear of of female power and, and specifically female sexuality and uh-huh. things like that. And it's also a badass werewolf movie and a it beautiful is. sort of... Sis, like love story about sisters. It is, I but really I like. want to add to that the, also the way women in our culture are um, pitted against each, each other. other. Yes, um, using sexuality. Uh huh. You know, because it is. It's a wonderful sister relationship, but even within that relationship, there are uh, there's a suspicion and jealousy uh-huh. based on. One sister's sexual development versus, versus the, other the other sister kind of like still being in adolescence. Essence. Yeah, she uh, hasn't. Yes, she hasn't reached that point. And they have until Ginger, uh-huh. who is the older sister, even though right, even right. though Catherine Isabel in real life is younger than, than the other actress, actress who plays Bridget, who's also fucking great. They start off and they're these odd little outcasts in a way. They they. Much like, like almost as an homage to Harold and Maude, they pose these elaborate right. suicides right. for fun. For and fun. it's not, it's not, it's kind it's of, kid stuff. it's brilliant and sort of lovely and yeah. they're really good at it. Yeah, and they, they're, they're, the movie opens with them doing it for a class project. Uh-huh. Uh, I, they're like doing some Edgar Allan Poe project yes. or something and so their project consists of They've decided to pose in like these horrific murder scenes yeah. or whatever, and they're it's great, and and they have always had each other and right. have always been separate from society, like the school community as a whole, right? Right. They they are what you would call what not you or me, but what would 
society would call the the freaks mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in 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 the population of the school. Yeah. And one of them, Ginger, played by Catherine Isabel, one of the sisters is clearly um, more. I don't want to say attractive because that's not the word, but she's cl- she's clearly reaching an age of like sexual maturity, and so she gets a lot of attention, even though she's like a freak. The boys start to notice her. Boys start to notice yes. her, and her little sister Bridget notices that. Yes, and their relationship begins to be affected by that. Yeah, as definitely, well. and and in sort of classic werewolf well I shouldn't say classic werewolves cover a lot of things but but turning into a werewolf um like was it lycanthropy if lycanthropy. you will um sometimes is used to to reflect you know puberty or sexual right. maturation even in fucking teen wolf that's right. what it's used yeah, for yeah absolutely and so her sexual maturity coincides with or is manifested in right. her Becoming a wolf. Right. So correct me if I'm wrong. So you're wrong. I, no, I'm <laughs> all right. Um, so the the movie opens and 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 there have been like some dogs killed. Yes. Right. Yes. So can you give us like a little plot breakdown? So I mean, there are str- there are strange things happening in the neighborhood. Uh huh. Um, and we. I don't want to say they're sus- they're suspected in a way, right? Because of the I think because so. of the things that they do, because of right. the, the way they stage these these murder suicide uh-huh. art pieces. Um, and as a viewer, you're like, "Oh, the fuck these fucking dicks right. coming after these girls because they're different." But <laughs> but actually, but actually, um, yeah, you find out that Ginger is is responsible for some of this, right? Right. right. And she gets attacked in a she park. She gets attacked in a park and by a wolf, mm-hmm. another wolf, uh, and that starts her change, right? Right. And from there, you then have her sort of I don't want to say is I don't know that exacting revenge is the right I don't think I don't think that's yeah, exactly. It's it's not so much it's not revenge. It's just this kind of like um, Take, taking agency. Taking take, agency. Yeah. Like and she is becoming rap. Like this thing happens to her. The movie opens, and there have been some dogs who have been killed and ravaged, and there's you know they find carcasses of dogs all over the place. And the thing that attacks Ginger is is what we are led to believe is responsible for right. this. Right. Yeah. But we never meet no. that wolf. No, we don't. There is no explanation for how that wolf became, became the anything. Thing. Right. So it really is just, you know, could be a metaphor for Ginger was attacked in a park right. one night. And this is what and was unleashed. Was forced uh-huh. to become sexually mature right. or was forced to you know become the thing that she's becoming and you know like um so for our purposes just for right now i'm gonna compare it to being a victim of sexual assault yeah, and at I th- a young I th- age i do think i don't know that that's inherent but i th- i think that is definitely a valid interpretation of what happens to ginger whether literal or symbolic, I don't. Right. We can make that debate. I don't but, know. Yeah. But there is an argument to be made for the fact that she, 
this thing happens to her. She is she she begins to undergo these changes. She becomes she begins to isolate herself from her sister, sister who's been and her, her family. Uh-huh. Her sister who has been her best friend her whole life. She begins to grow a tail. Yeah. Um, she gets hairy. <laughs> she gets hairy. She becomes promiscuous. Yes. Um, and all of these things, except for the growing a tail and becoming hairy, right. these are all behaviors that do and can happen to victims of, of sexual assault. Yeah. You know, they, they begin to isolate. They begin to then some people, if they've been abused long enough, begin to turn into abusers. Right. And and there, one of the things the movie does, I think, effectively is when she does become sort of promiscuous or, or whatever, she actually does a lot of things that are so common among males of that age. It's uh, true. That, that if a male were doing it, societally might not even be... <laughs> No, it would be seen as. Sorry, well, I'm laughing at the cat. Uh, yeah. Seen as, as you know, she becomes the dominant one in. Oh, Michael! Boys yeah. will be boys. Boys will be boys, and that is, I think, one of the things the movie highlights so well. Uh-huh. And then all of a sudden, you have these young men that are frightened of her simply for doing what they would do to her a million fucking times. Right. Um, and so you you it explores that sort of shift in power or whatever it's kind of like world you have forced me to be this yeah okay i am going to be it and i'm going to do it unapologetically yeah uh at the same time trying to protect her little sister from yes because her little sister begins to notice these changes Uh in her and wants and also meets a boy (laughs) yeah meets a boy who's much older than Uh she is um Meets a boy who works for like the city botan mm-hmm. botany. I don't know. I don't know. It's Canada. It's they, Canada. They have different they stuff. They have cool things. Yeah. Like you can actually work in a greenhouse. That yeah. The city they pays you. care about plants. Uh, right. So she meets this boy who seems to know a young man. Let's say who seems to know a lot about uh, plants and stuff like that, and uh, um, believes her. Basically, believes yeah. her that something. But Bridget lies and says that it's happening to, to her. To her. Right. Um, she doesn't want to implicate her, her sister, sister and all of these because things. Because they are both... It's it, One of the lovely things, I think, is that even as they sort of drift apart because of all the shit that's happening, they still try to protect the other one. Right. Um, right. Which is, I don't know, kind it's, of nice. It's kind of nice. It's kind of lovely. <laughs> even from their own mother. Yes. And I, I kind of did want to talk about the parents' role in Yeah, it that's great. Because the the... Mimi Rogers plays the mother and she is like the way she is depicted in the movie is kind of like perfect suburban uh-huh. mom, you know, and she just wants what's best for her girls, but she's very conservative uh-huh. and every a little Pollyanna-ish. Yes. Like every oh, they're just being girls. Uh-huh. You know? And although the dad is present in the movie, he's silent. A lot of a the, lot time. Of the time. He doesn't yeah. have a lot to say, especially like in those dinner dinner scene, uh-huh. the dinner table scenes. Yeah, where it's really the mother who's driving the conversation with the girls. Like, what are you doing at school? What's we- happening? All that kind of stuff. And of course, the girls, because um, 
girls, teenagers, but girls do reach a certain age where they no longer want to share things with their mother. Their mother. Yeah. And the girls are like, oh, mom, you know, whatever. Don't ask me that, you know, yeah, whatever. Sure. And they, they try to get the dad on their side. And the dad is just kind of silent. Mm-hmm. It's like this poor man. Yeah. This poor man is like lost in a world of of women yeah. of different generations having to deal with each other. And he can't, he cannot, it, it is he can't handle it. a little different, but it reminded me, because, uh, you know, I'd watched this years ago, and then coming back, I actually watched it a bunch years ago when I was writing that paper, but uh, do you know that in Stranger Things, <laughs> season one, where um, you have the fucking dad who just has no idea has no about idea. anything that's happening ever. Right. This isn't quite that. But no. it, it reminded me of that dynamic. Right. Like, he clearly cares for his daughters. Yes, he just can't find a way in. <laughs> yeah, and he can't fathom like what they are, they are going, going through. through. Yeah. Whether as whether it's becoming a wolf. Right. Or, or just, just becoming growing up into yeah, yeah becoming a yeah. young woman. Or I whatever. love the scene where he finds the fingers yes. in the backyard. Oh fuck and yeah. And he's like, Oh my oh, god, god, what the fuck, fuck is, is happening? Yeah. What is going on? And Mimi Rogers is like, oh, they're just fake fingers, you know, and she picks them up and you realize Mimi Rogers knows that something is yeah. up, mm-hmm. which leads me to a question. Do about, you think Mimi Rogers is a wolf? I do. I do too. And I would have loved to have, that's, that was my only thing. I love this movie. Yeah. I love how it ends. I love everything about it. I love the performances. I love that it is like every 90s kind of like slasher scary movie um but i'm trying the last shot of mimi rogers is trying to make her way through the halloween party Uh uh-huh and then that's the last time we We see see her her. but i would have loved to have seen i would have loved to have seen a scene or something where we find out mimi rogers is also a wolf and she actually knows exactly Exactly what's going on yeah i agree and the closest we get to that is when bridget and her and her and Mimi are in the van and Mimi Rogers says we'll just go back home very calmly yes she goes we'll go back home I'll douse the house with gas and we'll I'll light a match and you know right and Bridget's like what about dad and she goes he'll just blame me everybody <laughs> everybody will blame me right and you get the feeling that she knows exactly what yes. this is and that she this is in some ways her pride yeah exactly you know and and in a meta way, yes, that women just do get blamed. Yeah, they just get blamed. She's like, the, the world's going to blame me right. because I didn't teach you how to, how to walk through a parking lot at night defensively. Right. I didn't teach you that you're not supposed to wear short skirts right. out in the world. It's always the it's mother's always, fault. It's always the mother's fault, which transfers then to sort of in the general, it's, it's, always, it's always a woman's fault. Right. Um, right, and again, like I think that is even highlighted when when Ginger is with these different boys or whatever. Th- what she does is no different than what a lot of teenage. You know. Exactly, I'm so glad you said that. And 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 I'm not even talking about to the level of of assault or anything. Just this idea of like her being aggressive is seen as like what the fuck. Right. When that's so, it's such. If it were the guy. You know, you goes back to your boys will be boys. It goes back to the this argument that if a girl's drunk, it's her fault. If a guy's drunk, we can't blame we can't him. Can't blame him. And like those sort of social cultural things that I guess have existed 
long for before eons. we got here, but yeah, and, um, we're, and that we're still still fighting. With. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. It's it's so great, and she, and um, she has a she's a line. I, I was reading an interview with Catherine Isabel about both movies. Uh-huh. The movie that that um, we're going to get into in a minute, and Ginger Snaps, and she's actually sort of paraphrasing a line in Ginger Snaps. <laughs> And she says she's, you know, I have that. She has that line where she says, girls are always the bitch, the slut, or the girl next door. And um, she said... You're not allowed to be anything Yeah, and and she said that in playing these different roles, she feels like at least these are, while they sort of play with that idea, Mm -hmm. they finally give, like, the female characters actually drive the arc of the story and right. might actually be more than one fucking thing. Right. You know, like, might actually be complex. I can be. Like, I can be, uh, I'm making air quotes, I can be a good girl mm-hmm. and also be complicated. I can be a good girl right. and be aggressive. I can want to be more than the, 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 the trope or the pigeonhole that you want to put me in. Right. You know, just because... Um, yeah, man, that's like an ongoing fight for, yeah. for, for I'm not, for all girls, and for I, all girls, it's confusing. And one thing that I love about the movie also is that it also brings in, um, to a certain extent, both of these movies do, um, Ginger Snaps more than the other one, how women, how girls are pitted against, against each, each other. other. Yeah. Uh, not just in the sister relationship, but just like out in society. Society, especially in, in, in mm-hmm. school. Right. Um, there is a group of mean girls. Yes. And and that, that you know, if, if all of a sudden Ginger is getting attention from a boy, that means this other girl's not, and she's pissed about it. So even right. that is then put in terms of a male. Right. You know, that this aggression... In, in the movie, and I, I'm, you know, commenting on that a lot of times these aggressions or things are, are also sort of based in male adulation or whatever. Um, right. That your worth, your worth as a girl comes from how you are seen through the male, male gaze. gaze. Yeah. And, yeah. and um, I think it does that well. And, and on top of that, amidst all of this heady stuff... The movie is also really fucking funny. Yeah, it's super quirky. The the effects are great. The effects are great. It's it's I I mean I really I I love it and and getting to write about it. Uh, I love obviously I've said it. I love werewolves. It it is fascinating. I don't know why. Maybe it's because they're a beast and it includes change and transformation. Mm-hmm. That werewolf movies seem to hit this. Um, like if you ever go back and watch Wolf. Uh, Wolf is like this weird baby boomer wet dream in which um, you have Jack Nicholson, who's like an aging This boomer. is our podcast, yeah. and we're going to fucking talk about baby boomers yeah. the way we want fuck to, you. so fuck off. Um, love my mom and dad. Sorry about Vietnam. Love my sisters. Um, <laughs> yeah, so like in Wolf, you have Jack Nicholson, who's this like boomer who's starting to get old, and you have Spader. I mean, you have two icons, even though they're probably uh, older than the ages they're playing. James Spader. And so you have Spader, who's been a member of the fucking Brat Pack, right? Uh-huh. Playing this, like, up-and-coming Gen Xer who's going to take 
fucking Nicholson's money and is all this shit and it's time and for Michelle the Michelle Pfeiffer. And Michelle Pfeiffer. And ultimately the old wolf pisses on his territory, kicks the younger wolf's ass, fuck you, Gen X, and then gets to fuck Michelle Pfeiffer. Yay, old men. Just like life. Just like Just life. Just like the country we live in right now. Yeah. And so uh anyway, if you're ever bored. Go back, I mean, go all the way to the fucking 30s up until now and 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 watch some werewolf movies. Yeah, and over, like over the years, this idea of of uh, the female empowerment keeps coming up in wolf movies, mm-hmm. in beast movies. It's not a wolf movie, but cat people. Cat people. Is like and then that you see too. some of it in The Howling. Yeah. Um, the original yeah. one, that series kind of goes off the rails, yeah. but the original one, you see some of that. I recently saw another movie. Oh my God, I can't remember. I shouldn't bring it up because I don't remember. Honeymoon or something? No, no, no. It was a movie about, it's like a, it's one of those weird 80s, uh, uh, weird, it's kind of like legend. It's like a retelling of the Red Riding Hood story. Uh, but from the point of view of it has Angela Lansbury in it. It's so weird, and it's kind of Dario Argento-ish, Ken Russell-ish. Like, Holy shit! I saw this. Yeah, I, I, I saw this randomly at a hotel. Yeah, it's like this <laughs> it's weird, so, like, so fucking oh, weird. It's, it's so strange, but it it kind of puts forth the the through the through the Red Riding Hood story. It asks the question: Well, what if what if Red Riding Hood is a wolf? Yeah. What if she's the wolf? What if she's she a, can be a wolf? She too. can be a wolf too. Yeah. And you know, it's odd. This morning, I woke up and was looking at Instagram, and I'm I, I follow that amazing facts uh-huh. Instagram thing, and one of the interesting facts that I read today was that actually male wolves are very gentle and um, considerate of their female, female partners, and that they 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 are mates for life. Right. And so this whole, you know, bad rap that wolves get, wolves get yeah. as, you know, when we compare men to wolves is actually wrong. Right. Uh, we should be comparing men to dolphins. <laughs> to, 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 <laughs> dolphins. Are <laughs> dolphins are rapists. Dolphins are the frat boys of the ocean. I agree. Um, they're the worst. They're the worst. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. So go watch Ginger Snaps. Yeah, go Snaps. watch Ginger Snaps. Great movie. It's really, really, really great. Um Funny, fun, good effects, good acting. Those Canadians, man. Yeah, they good movies. They uh, they they know what's up. So what and is the, the other thing? The, I just want to also mention that the sequel or prequel, uh, Ginger Snaps Back. Yes, is also really good. Is also really good, yeah. and it takes place in Puritan times, yes. doesn't it, or frontier times? Yes, it's really and so good. you get you get period costumes per- yeah. and whatever, which is always great. Period costumes and wolves love it. Uh, all right, so I chose a movie, also a Canadian movie, a 2012, directed by the Soska sisters, Jen and Sylvia Soska, uh, American Mary. Um, and as Mike said earlier today when he arrived at my home, he said, <laughs> American Mary is not for the faint of heart. No, it is um, not. And it yeah. also, we should say, stars Catherine Isabel as Mary. As, Amer- as Mary Mason. Um, 12 years on from Ginger Snaps. Right. Interesting. Yeah. So she's in like her early 30s when she does American Mary. And I would not call American Mary a horror movie so much as I would call the subject matter horrific. Yes. Um, that's a really good way to sum it up. Yeah. Uh, like, and horrific across the board. Horrific across the board in story, in theme, in um, 
<laughs> I mean, the first shot of the movie is a scalpel. Yeah. So let me talk about yeah. what the movie's about. <laughs> so uh, Catherine Isabel plays um, Mary Mason, who is a young doctor already who is studying to be a surgeon. Yes. And she's really good. Mm -hmm. She's a really good surgeon. But how it happens for most of the population who are going to college she doesn't have money. She's yeah. having trouble paying for school. For med school, yeah. Right. And like her, she has loans and they, they're they not, she's having trouble paying for school. And so because she's a young, attractive woman, she knows what is going to sell. Yeah. So she answers an ad to go dance at a club. Uh-huh. And is immediately objectified, immediately. Yep. But while she's there and so and the guy is crazy. looking at her resume she brings her resume yeah because she's a surgeon right he's like oh you have a lot of fancy learning yeah here, or whatever whatever and you, yeah and she's like yeah i'm a surgeon yeah and he said what is he he says to her you're not fat under your coat yeah right? yeah she's wearing a coat um and he's he's Basically, basically saying like not basically he is saying if you're gonna get great you're a surgeon but if you're gonna get this job you better be fucking hot without your clothes on right and so he says you're not fat under there are you and she kind of just like fucking shrugs Whatever. it off and takes her coat off and it's clear that she doesn't she's desperate yeah you know and you know just FYI a lot of young women who are trying to put themselves through college do actually do this yeah yeah and she knows it's like one of the, it's what you said she needs money she knows that's a fast way she can get it yeah and so but while she's in the club something happens in the club and and uh they someone who works in the club or some associate of the guy who's interviewing played by antonio cupo um Someone is hurt. Someone gets hurt. Real bad. Really, really badly. And really badly. And he says, you said you were a surgeon. You want to make $5,000 yeah. right now. And she's like, uh, I don't know. You know, Yeah, whatever. this is fucked up, man. But she needs the money. And he goes, I'll give you $5,000. You don't even have to take off your clothes. And she's like, great. Yeah. So she goes into the basement. And there's a guy Fucking lying a, man. on a table who is slit from his lip to his belly button. Yeah. And is that from the nave to the chops? Is that the like my best to I or guess, whatever? I guess. <laughs> so she has she sews him up and she makes five thousand bucks. Mm -hmm. And she becomes she does she never goes to dance for the guy in the club, but she kind of becomes the go to yeah. of this guy when they This sort of underworld this type underworld surgeon. surgeon. Right. And then something terrible happens to her you know for real quick yeah. first it's it's i should we should say like it's un, under uh, like underground underworld surgeon but then also is introduced to this body modification the world of body modification right this woman shows up in her home that looks like literally has undergone surgery to make herself look like betty betty boop, boop and even talks like yeah. betty boop and that's one of is that one of the no, that's, no, they play the twins, right? Yeah, they play right. the twins. They are no, twins. This, the woman who who is this Betty Boop character, Beatrice. Uh huh. She actually looks like that man. Oh shit! Really? That's not makeup. I did not know that. No, the people like her and the Barbie. I did not know that. The other girl who wants uh -huh. to look like Barbie. Those are real people. They're real body mod people. Okay, I did not um, know that. Yeah, it's a lifestyle, man. Yeah, no, and there that's... are there are people who. 
I I don't fr- quite frankly I don't understand it. I don't either. But but hey, do what you fucking do want. Do what you fucking want. If you're not um, hurting anybody else. Um, right. So she's introduced to that. To this body modification, which is kind an, of culture, which, underground culture. Another outlet. Right. For her, right. And w- so before we get into the bad thing that happens to her, she um, she through Beatrice, who is this dancer who looks like Betty Boop, she meets this other woman who who wants to be not sexualized. She wants to look like a she doll. She wants to look like a doll. She wants to look like a doll. Yeah. And she has a really great kind of like monologue in the thing where she says, you know why I want to look like a doll? Because dolls are not, nobody looks at dolls sexually. Right. And so I, I, I don't, I'm tired of being looked at as a sex object. Right. So remove this and she points at her nipples. Yeah. And stitch up this and yeah. she points at her vagina. As much as you can, right? Yeah. And so Mary, she says, I'll give you $12,000. And Mary right. needs money. And so she's like, okay, I'll do it. And she also, I thought, at least in that part, that it, it's obviously, like, obviously she needs money. But there is, she sees some justification in, she thinks she's helping. She thinks she's helping. And, and. She, she is, is kind of. Yeah, I mean, it's she, she's helping the woman do what she she wants. Right. And right. so she. And there, you know, there's never a sense that Mary is like, I'm enjoying this, or no. like she is like she has to weigh these things. It, it weighs on her that that she's doing something that may be considered um, terrible in order to pay for the thing that she wants to do, which right? Is to become a surgeon, and that she's good at. Yeah. Uh huh. And so she helps this woman. She removes the woman's nipples and stuff, and and that's that. So just going back to another little plot point, she one of her teachers, one of her professors, invites her to a, a drinks party uh-huh. with like the rest of the faculty, yeah. who all happen to be men. Yeah. And she goes. She's excited she about it. She thinks it's like a networking. She gig thinks it's a networking thing. thing. She's like. This is going to be good. I'm going to be able to make connections. Yeah. You know, whatever, whatever. She is following all the rules. Uh, and and she is raped. By her former professor. By her former professor. Who we meet in the, I guess, technically the second scene of mm-hmm. the movie. Because the first scene is we see Mary sewing a turkey. Right. Practicing her stitching or whatever. I love the line where she goes, uh, he goes, did you eat the turkey? And she goes... Uh, that wasn't an eating turkey. Right. <laughs> I just love that line for some reason. Uh, but we, the first time we really meet him, her phone is buzzing in class, and he fucking berates her for it. Right. Um, and you can tell. He's just like one of those arrogant... He drives a, a, a flashy car. Yeah, he's like just a fucking arrogant dick. Yeah. Um, and is like, I see something in you, but you gotta fucking want it, and all that kind of bullshit. Right, and like the other surgeons also are, are just like so kind of like... You know, God complex. Yeah. They're, yeah. they're surgeons. They can do whatever mm-hmm. the fuck they want. Mm-hmm. And so she goes to this drinks party, and the drinks party turns out to be something very different. Yeah. Yes. Um, and so oh, she God. is forced. Yeah, forced. She is forced. She's forced to quit med school. Uh-huh. She's so disillusioned by the profession and by her professors and by the people that are supposed to be guiding her Uh that she goes fuck this bullshit I'm out I'm out yeah and so she decides to delve further into the body modification yeah um, arena 
to make a living. Uh-huh. And she becomes really successful yes. at it. And um, and then, of course, there's a there's a, a detective who is now... Something happens and, and the, the surgeon... Oh, wait, we're trying not to spoil yeah, it. Yeah, we're trying not yeah, to yeah. spoil it. So something happens and, and, and uh, a detective shows up Some at the doorstep. Some shit goes down. Shit goes down. And and the detective shows up at her place and he's like, oh, we're looking for, for we're looking for this doctor and she's like, oh, I don't know. I don't know where this fucking guy is. Fucking guy is or whatever, whatever, and um, and then that becomes like the main plot line of the movie, surrounded by all these other yeah, uh, her doing the body doing, modification yeah, and all these things. This, kind of love story that begins to happen with the guy that interviewed her at <laughs> yeah. the club who doesn't quite he loves her you can tell but he, he also doesn't quite know how to have a healthy relationship. relationship and now and he's not nearly as smart as she is so right. he can't sort of he can't express himself in right. this. <laughs> yeah. and because of the trauma that she has been through she um, she can never trust anybody. Right. Again, I wanted to I wanted to quote my daughter on this because she loves this movie and she is the one who introduced me to it a few years ago and you know, I am not I've said this before on this show. I'm I'm not like a I have trouble with gory, like not gory but like no, the, the, knives cutting into bodies yeah, and stuff the, like that. And you and I both have said right. and, and we'll say again, this is not this is not a movie for everybody. Um, it is great. It has amazing things, but not everyone is going to be able to handle American Mary. Right. I think. Like, um, if you're one of the listeners who's like, I don't, well, you know, I get squeamish. This. But it, I agree. But if you like a good allegory. Yeah. And if you are a woman and, and you, you are, are pissed, pissed off at the world fuck yeah. right now, fuck yeah, go watch yeah. American Mary. Yeah. And it might piss you off a little bit more, but there will be moments where you'll be like, fuck, fuck yeah. 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 Um, so. I asked her, I said, how does American Mary reflect or compare with a world that you as a young woman live in today? And she says, I'd say American Mary is a very real depiction of how women trying to pursue an education, particularly in STEM, are treated. So she really took it like specifically. She's verbally abused by her teacher, and that is disguised as tough love. Women shouldn't have to tolerate the way he speaks to her. Her talents are used, but not in the way she wants or expected. Um, she says, we as women aspire to be one thing and become another thing to support our real goals or to support what other people want for us and ultimately are fucked in the ass by men that are in control. She goes on to say further, Mary making a 180 is allegorical to me of finding the true beauty of who she is. She still does surgery, but doesn't do it conventionally. She helps people who become who they truly are through physical change, much like she was changed, albeit in an unfortunate, violent situation. Yes, that's an um, excellent, I, excellent point that yeah. Lisa makes. Um, it There is also, I think... Um, uh, a feeling of while you can get out the rage and feel angry and feel like fuck yeah, there is ultimately I think a feeling of helplessness in this yes, film, which there is, is without spoiling it. Yeah, there's no justice for Mary. No, and I think I I think that there's a you know if this were a different movie, sort of a a, a more of a fantasy 
Um, and I don't mean like dragons and shit. I mean like uh, <laughs> like a daydream fantasy that that everything would be amazing and she would conquer the world and blah blah blah. Right. And I think the Suska, if, yeah. I think the Suska sisters are are smart enough to acknowledge that sometimes the the fight is 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 bleak. Is, is bleak, but worth it. And right. even if there's even if there might not be hope for you, maybe there's hope. For the next right. run in the And I think you're so right. I think, and no offense to dudes, I love dudes, but I think if a, if a man had directed this film, then we'd be seeing sequels of American Mary where she's like wearing a tiny leather bikini and she's like uh, yeah. exacting revenge, yeah, yeah. you know, Kill Bill style. Yes. Um, but because it, it was directed by two women... Um, it, yeah, the 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 worldview is is very like there there's fight the good fight you may lose. There's a yeah, there's a scene um early on uh that that struck me um as this being very clearly I shouldn't say very clearly directed by women. That's I don't know what that means, but like that that as opposed to this sort of typical I like think it's fair. male gaze sort of horror stuff that we get when she comes home Mm-hmm. After doing the surgery in the club, and she is still in her lingerie, mm-hmm. and turns on the shower and just starts fucking weeping, mm-hmm. um, and it is handled in a way that I don't know, that I don't know most male male directors would have handled it, right? Because all of a sudden. It, I mean, look. I, it was I, not. Ro- it's not romanticized or no. And I, as a as a dude who likes ladies, she's beautiful. She's. Yeah. A, I mean, she's just an actress. Like, she's you know. a beautiful woman. And and they specifically put her in that outfit to show, and then they fucking flip that on its head, and it almost felt like, oh, are you checking out her ass, dickweed? Because right. she's fucking weeping in the shower, motherfucker. Because of what she had. Because of been what she had. And you're like. Oh fuck! Yeah. yeah, and that really, and that's I don't know. Is that like ten minutes in? It's pretty early. It's, it's pretty early. It's maybe about fifteen. 10, yeah, it's about ten minutes in. And that was like when I was like, okay, this this absolutely has a a very different perspective than than a lot of movies, right? That would have romanticized that or eroticized that. Right. And Erot- it, I mean, I, I, felt I, it, I can see like a, a scenario in which in some other movie she would come back home and slowly take off her lingerie and get in the shower and cry gently and rub her yeah, butt, yeah, yeah. you know and but then, in this one she's not no. she like straight up vomits into the shower yeah. and is covered in blood and as a, and I and I do think this is going to sound strange I think it's brilliant that they kept her in that outfit mm-hmm. because it really does I really think it is an not an affront is is a a call on on male viewers. I think so too. On straight male viewers, yeah. I should say. And, it's and, like and you're looking at her because she's lovely. Right. The, look fuck at, you, asshole. Like, look at what she's doing. Yeah. Like she's in a room surrounded by men, dressed the way she's dressed, performing a very delicate, complicated surgery. Uh-huh. And some men will still be looking sure. at her ass. Yeah. You know? And, and I like it, and yeah, yeah, it's it's really that's into the into the shower scene or just like fuck, man. I think that some people will definitely be like, I think it's exploitative. I think the movie's exploitative in the way the the horrible thing happens. 
whatever. But I don't think it is at all. I think mostly because it was directed by women. I think these two sisters are super smart. And I think that the, 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 the scene where, where the thing happens, um, they purposefully purposefully made it brutal it's horrifying purposefully that whole, made it that horrifying whole party is fucking horrifying because that's how it is yeah because that's how it is everything about her from i mean from the beginning of that that i mean you know like a few early in that party scene or whatever you would call it like you know something's wrong yeah um it's horrifying it's absolutely fucking horrifying um uh, yeah i mean i i I think it's like I said. I don't know that, any, and I'm not even being like, don't watch it. I mean, it's fucking great. I don't know that everyone can handle it. Um, I don't know if everyone can handle it, and it is a slow burn. Yeah, uh, uh, but and the, like, I, like I said, there, this movie doesn't have jump scares. No, this movie doesn't. It, there's it sort of just lives in a in a horrific world that is real. That yeah. Um, one thing I brought up to you right when I got here earlier is is uh, the idea that it that it is very much. America, and I am doing right. I am doing air quotes. It is called American Mary. Um, we see American iconography we everywhere, see everywhere of American flags, like bloody dollar bills. But it is so clearly a Canadian mm-hmm. film to the point, like we were sort of joking. But there's like a thing that I think Canadian actors do when they're in American movies if they're playing Americans. You might be like, ah, is, is, is he Canadian? I don't know. Like, they will, of course, Do they're actors. American They'll accent. pull it back, yeah. Mm-hmm. When they let that shit fly... Right. <laughs> like, it's so it's Canadian. It's so Canadian. Like, the professor's opening monologue, I was like, oh my God, this dude is Canadian. He's Canadian. And Ginger Snaps is the same way. Right. Well, and it should be. It's Canadian movies. They don't have to fucking sound like us. But at the same time, I do think it's also... Uh, a comment on, I mean, it's specifically commenting on certain things, I think, about uh, America. I think so. And from I, a Canadian perspective, and I guess. And I think that it's very purposeful. I think it's very important that most of the American, and I should say, because Canadi- Canada, Canada. It's a great country. Canada. <laughs> ah, Canada. Uh, Canada and Mexico are also America. Mm-hmm. So I should say the, 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 US, the U.S. iconography. Yeah. Is we see it mostly in the strip club. Yes. You yeah, know, yeah, yeah. We see a giant American, American flag. flag. We see those like red, white, and blue mylar curtains. Uh-huh. You know, and the the women that are dancing at the club are 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 physically modified. Yes. You know, so I do think that the Soska sisters are making commentary on on. U.S. American culture. I uh, yeah, I think so, and I, and rightfully so. Rightfully and so, I, and I'm on board with me it, too. And know? um, I mean, look, I, I've I've never lived up there. I've, every time I've been there, I I love Canada, and we always like, you know, it's funny because that's always the thing. If you don't fucking like it, move to fucking Canada, and I'm always like, cool, okay, man. Love, if they would have me, I don't think they me, want me. I there's you know, I have to have a viable profession. But it's like you said, like you have, we have two border nations. Right. And we just are like, nah, fuck it, we're America. We're America, <laughs> like, right? Well, Mexico is America, too. Yeah, so and it's North Canada. America. Yeah. 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 Uh, and, and I'm sure that you would ask most of the fucking rubes in this country, right. is Mexico South America? And they would say yes. yes. And I'm like, well, it's North it's, America. Yeah. I mean, God. Oh, God. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think there's some of that in there, too. Um, I, yeah, it's, man, it's. 
it's, 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 it's an effective shit. fucking movie. It is. And, and uh, yeah, I agree with Mike. If, if it, it may not be for everybody, but I will repeat it. If, if I'm angry right now, I am so angry at the world that we live in. I am so angry at the fact that we are still fighting this fight. And, and you know, I saw a, a, a meme, a, a little picture on Facebook the other day of Susan B. Anthony yeah. being beat Been, in the street uh-huh. by policemen because she tried to vote. Yeah. And, um, dude, that's not too far from... No. from the reality that Dr. Ford is yeah, in I, I, right now. I mean, I, it's, um, you know, I, I was talking to... <laughs> the, how many times can you tell a group that is more than half the population, uh, we don't actually fucking care what right. you think or say or feel? I mean, this motherfucker... Did you say... Sorry, I'm Go about ahead. to... Go this ahead. motherfucker, I can't remember what fucking shit fucking state he's from. Had a quote. This is a fucking dude running for something for Congress that said, uh, basically, I'm barely paraphrasing, um, get your coat hangers ready. Oh, man. I wanted to throw my laptop across yeah. the room. I, like, this is a this is a public servant, servant. And he's got this fucking smarmy smile on yeah. his face fucking ass face yeah. and he goes okay Democrats or okay liberals, liberals. get your coat mm. hangers ready God, fuck off like, man like what is fucking fuck wrong you? or with that you? other dude that other dude I can't remember and Andre um, or something I'm gonna miss this uh, one <laughs> or they're interviewing him and he's a GOP whatever not Andre Bauer um, Andre Bauer solid actor yeah solid actor <laughs> someone else Bauer um, and so he brings up the thing. He says, like, well, you know, she just needs to get her facts straight and blah, 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 blah. And so the, the, the CNN correspondent says, okay, wait, so you have a daughter. You just said you had a daughter. If your daughter came to you and told you your daughter is 37 years old, if she told you that. And this motherfucker actually says, well, I would want her to get her facts straight. Oh, good God. I, you know, if she wasn't sure. And, now, and, the, and the, the correspondent, who's a man... Like his, you can see his jaw drop, and right. he's like, "Wow, yeah. like you wouldn't believe your, your own fucking daughter." And he's like, "Well," and I was like, "Fuck off." I mean, in in watching like the the hearings, like I, I I couldn't. In what in what other fucking industry are we like? You know who should be running shit? I don't know. A bunch of fucking octogenarians. Right. I'm so done. When the baby boomers are the young ones on the fucking get them the fuck out. Get them the fuck out. Fucking. Uh, yeah. yeah. Fucking Grassley was like, I hope nobody asked me what I was doing 30 years ago. And someone was like, you were 55, motherfucker. Right. You were 55 30 fucking years ago. Get out. Get out. Yeah. Get the it's, fuck it's, out. It's ridiculous. And then, you know. But you know what, Christine? It's a tough time for young it's, men. You know, it's a tough time. <laughs> and, and here's the thing. Here's the other thing that pisses me off is like, you know, fucking 45 is like, oh, it's so tough to be a, uh, it's scary to be a man today. It's really scary. You can get accused of anything, you know, whatever. And then there's a picture of the Central Park Five going, fuck Fuck off, motherfucker. Like, nobody, nobody in the history of the time of this country has ever said it's a scary time to be a 17-year-old black boy. Right. It's only a certain kind of man. A right. white guy, a yeah. white straight and, and guy. And that's what he was talking. I mean, and everyone right. knows and that's like, what he well, was you know talking what? about. You know what? It's scary. 
it has been scary for women for six thousand years. Yeah. So you'll get used to it. And if you if you don't like, if it's scary for you, why don't you try smiling, men? Yeah. And maybe how, that'll help. How scary is because this motherfucker's on the court and this right. other motherfucker's the president? Right. I mean, it's like the worst thing that could have happened to Kavanaugh was that. He didn't get to be on the Supreme He would just go back to being like a federal judge, to which he was appointed. He didn't even get elected to that bullshit. Oh, my God. So it's like if you're angry and you want to see some... If you want to see some shit go down on some white, straight, cis man, go watch American... Yeah, watch American... Watch American American Mary. Um, yeah, uh, it, it, yes, if you want to, I'm trying to think if there's anything. I'm not going to say you're not going to be angry afterwards, but. No, it won't, it won't necessarily quell the anger. It might stir up some more. Right, but you will definitely relate to Mary. Yes. Yeah, and same thing with, with Ginger. Yeah, Ginger, Ginger Snaps, Snaps, I think, in terms of just. You will remember what it was like to be a teenager. Yeah, and I think Ginger Snaps is a, is a, this a quote easier watch if that sure i think ginger snaps is easier and it's also like more conventional Uh horror movie yeah and american mary is it's a little bit more difficult to watch and bold man and fucking bold because it is not it doesn't take the form of a typical uh horror movie and both of these movies combined, I mean, this maybe is just a discussion for another day. It's like, clearly some good shit is, is uh, coming out of Canada in terms of horror. Yeah, they, um, are good. They, yeah. Are, they are good at it. Yeah. They're and, good um, at it. And, uh, yeah. So, maybe it's because all the actors in Canada know each other. Just like yeah, in England. There's only nine of there's them. There's only nine of them. <laughs> yeah. And they all know each other. And they're all super good. Yeah. Because in Canada, as in Great Britain... <laughs> When you become an actor, you start on the stage. <laughs> so you actually learn to act. And it's, but a, it's here a respected in the, craft. It's a respected craft. Here in the United States, unless you're in a blockbuster film or on a hit TV show, you're garbage. <laughs> you say you're an actor, you're garbage. Have I seen you in anything? Have I seen you in anything? I don't know, dude. I Did don't know. you come to the theater? No, then probably not. Probably not, unless you saw my turn as a foot. <laughs> yeah. In your, in the, on a commercial. On a commercial. I just love, I love the image of you in a foot costume. Sometimes you gotta, you know, dress and up like, like a foot. <laughs> dress as a foot. Thinking to yourself, I played Constantine. I played Constantine in the seagull. In the seagull. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so on another maybe lighter note, so have you have you been uh, have you been keeping it spooky? I have since been, we last yeah, saw each other. I have been keeping it spooky. Uh, today I've been watching. I've been successful in watching a horror movie every, every day. day. That's awesome. Or watching something spooky. Spooky every day. Yeah. Cool. And I also I you know I'll put in my soundtracks in the car. I love to listen to spooky music all the time. But around this time of year, and especially with the weather that we're having in Dallas right now, I will put in The Witch, or I'll put in Ninth Gate, or Dracula. And just fucking roll around. And just fucking roll around with that. Yeah, that's great. I've, I've been, uh, I haven't done a movie every day, but I have done at least something. I've been watching a lot of shows about hauntings. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why. I'm just like way into that. Yeah. And then you would be proud. Last night at 1 a.m., I was like, you know what? It's fucking Insidious 2 time. Oh, my God! <laughs> so I watched it late, la- late, Good late last Lord. night. Lord. I just saw a movie on Netflix called Malevolent. Malevolent. I heard this is good. It is good. Okay, I'll it check it checks, out. It checks a lot of the ghosty boxes, you cool. know. Um, uh, it takes place in Scotland. So Love that's, it. So that's a plus. Yeah. Um, 
girl who's a medium who has mommy issues perfect has to go out to the country to you know save <laughs> some sort of castle type some, some sort of castle and there's a serial killer oh so, cool so it's uh and ghosts great creepy children perfect uh, it checks lots of boxes beautifully filmed good acting uh some good british actors okay so malevolent on on um on netflix and yeah today i just i posted that you know Santa Sangre is streamable on Prime. If you've never, if you if you're not familiar with Alejandro Jodorowsky, he is like an old school Mexican director and kind of stage personality, but mostly directed film. And his he's like Mexican Ken Russell, yeah, uh, and better, yes. quite frankly, yeah, I agree. And Santa Sangre is. A trip, and it's like it's kind of like a seminal movie in that whatever subgenre we might call that. I don't know drugs, drugs, <laughs> drug horror, yeah. drug addled horror. horror. Yeah, so it's like you know, have a brownie, or, yeah, or drink some booze, <laughs> and and, and settle in, settle in, and watch Santa Sangre. And if you have mom issues, get ready. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. Uh, shout outs? Uh, Jim John Make Noise, as always, as for the, always. for the, for the, the kick-ass music, and had a couple, some new listeners, so thank mm-hmm. you, and keep spreading the word, it really is, mm-hmm. uh, the, I mean, you know, it's the, it's the best way for us to get new people. Right, and, uh, yep, let us know what you're watching this Halloween season. We're gonna go see the new Halloween soon. Cannot wait. Um, and my wife really, really wants to come talk about Bram Stoker's Dracula. We're gonna do that. Okay. We're gonna Maybe do you that. two can just quote the entire film. We can just quote the entire film. <laughs> I will sit here and go, your friend, the, for a whole hour, which is like one of my favorite lines in the movie. I love it so much. Uh, cool. So we don't know what we're going to talk about next we'll week. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. Maybe vampires, maybe Frankensteins. Maybe I both. Maybe both at the same time. All right, y'all. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening. Bye.